Welcome to Waypoint Church Online. This is week six um, that we've been in isolation. And I'm, as you can tell, week by week, my hair is going to get longer and longer. So by week 12, I'm, I think I'm going to be a hippie. Um, th- there's a lot of different challenges that we're facing, a lot more serious challenges as well. And I know personally and relationally, financially for many folks, uh, and, and just how we stay connected. But one thing I'm, I'm so encouraged about is uh, when I chat to people during this week, just this week, um, people are, are really connecting with one another. They are in really good cheer in, in asking how they can help one another. Uh, people are doing big things and small things, and it, it makes a difference. I think often we, we underplay the, how, what, the power of a phone call or the power of, of a little gift towards our food bank, or we think it, it's just a small thing, but all these small things do add up. And even as I phone around people, I, I get so encouraged just hearing um, and get, hearing how people encourage me and I encourage them. And, and I want to thank you guys for continuing to, to be the church because church is so much more than just gathering on a Sunday and worshipping together, which is really important. But church is being God's people scattered throughout um, our, our everyday lives and doing things that reflect Jesus. And, and you are. And I'm so proud of our church that are doing that. I do know that some folks are still struggling and if, if you are, if you need help, can I encourage you to, to reach out and ask? You can go to our helpline with the church or just reach out with it to a friend and uh, don't be afraid to say, can you just support me a little bit? Because we all have down days and up days, um, but a phone call, just that little nudge of encouragement makes a massive difference. Uh, so reach out if you need help and those who are reaching out and, and giving help, keep doing it. It makes a huge difference. You know, Jesus summarized the greatest commandments is to love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love our neighbors as ourselves. And when we do that, it makes a difference. So thank you and cheering you on. Uh, before we dive into today's talk, let's just stop and pray. Father, I want to thank you that you are a good God that nothing around us actually changes who you are, the qualities of, of what you bring and what you've done. I, I thank you that you are a God who gives new mercies every day, whether we are feeling good or whether feeling a bit low, is you are a consistent God who wants to be with us. Father, as we dive into your word a little bit uh, today, I want to pray that we may hear you, that we may know your presence, that you may draw near to us, and that we in turn will open up as we draw near to you and be receptive to just the promptings and nudges of your Holy Spirit. So speak to us, I pray. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you're part of our our wider church family, you would have received an email which gives a a song list uh, for worship songs. Uh, I want to cheer you on and encourage you to spend some time worshipping God, just lifting your eyes and your heart towards God. For when we worship God, when we give him the worth that he deserves in in song and music, it just transforms our hearts and lifts our spirits. So I want to encourage you to do that. Whether our song list or maybe another um, medium that you want to go through, absolutely fine. But just encourage you to do that. Today we're going to be finishing off our look at the series of the book of Ephesians. Uh, if you've missed any in the past or you want to catch up, they're all on our website and Spotify and iTunes and you can get the podcasts. Um, videos are only of last week and, and now are the, the last two uh, of the series are video wise. The rest are podcasts, but listen and just listen to what God is saying. 
Um, we're going to reach the final four verses. If you have your Bible, turn to Ephesians 6, and I'd like to read just four verses, verses 21 to 24. So uh, pause the video and read Ephesians 6, verses 21 to 24. I wonder if this has ever happened to you. You're, you're working away on your computer, typing away, doing something that you've done every day for a long time, and, and all of a sudden this unexpected error pops up on your screen. And you're going, that, that's a bit odd, because you haven't done anything, it just pops up. So you try to fix it, but it pops up all the more. And then you're going, well, this is getting annoying. It begins to stop you doing what you want to do. So uh, you may try that magic thing of just turning it off and turning it on again. Sometimes that works, but sometimes it doesn't. And imagine that error keeps popping up again. So you try to spend some time working out, well, well, how does that, how does that get sorted? And you click this and press that. And then you try this secret function that I think we all believe computers have, which is a voice activated thing. And also if we speak nicely to the computer, it will behave. And, and you start trying to coax it as in, come on, please, you worked last time and, and you're, you're talking with it. And then eventually you get a little bit more wound up and maybe start shouting out it at your computer and you conclude basically computers are stupid, aren't they? Because they just don't fix things that, that shouldn't be wrong. And then you have to go on that, that challenge of trying to find someone else who's gonna come in and sort it out. And you find someone, they come, and in two minutes, they fix what you've been wrestling with for hours or days in some cases. And, and it's, it's really annoying because so often I think I understand computers and then something goes wrong, and then I understand that there's so much more to understand. Now, I appreciate that some folks here are just uh, computer gurus. You, you know computer, no, not gurus, sorry, geeks. Uh, you just know how they work. And, and if that's you, embrace it, okay? That's fine, we're, we're still proud of you. But so often with computers and with many other things is we find that our understanding isn't as complete as, as we thought it is. There's more to understand. Now, if computers aren't your thing, maybe over these past weeks you've been playing games. And, and one game, which is popular, is the game Jenga, where you stack up um, lots of little wood slats and you start pulling out slats of wood and you put them on top and it makes the tower go higher. But the higher it goes, the more wobbly it gets. And you come to an understanding that high and wobbly is not good. That is until a couple of years ago, Kathy and I went to Chicago and we had the opportunity to go to one of the tallest buildings in the world, um, the Sears Tower. It's 110 stories up high. It's a quarter of a mile tall. And when you get to the top and the observation deck is, is a really weird sensation. It feels like you're moving. And the truth is you are. The building's designed to sway six inches in each way. So there's a 12 inch movement in the building. And, and you come to this other understanding, because in Jenga we learned that, that tall and wobbly is bad, but in a skyscraper, tall and not wobbly is bad. So our understanding is limited because there's more to understand. Now, what does that have to do with what we're looking at in the book of Ephesians? Well, the, the heart of the whole book of Ephesians is Paul trying to encourage uh, the Christians who are in the church in Ephesus is that there's more of God to understand and encounter. There is more, there's more of God to encounter and understand in our own lives, in our small groups, in our families, in all of life. Because 
Paul knew, and, and we all know, is all too easy is that we can find ourselves slotting into our, well, I know that about God, and we just get on with the rest of our lives. And, and we, we sort of say, I understand, and we don't move on, or we don't allow that to grow. And Paul's letter is trying to encourage us to, to widen our understanding and our experience of God, that there's more to understand of God. Now, our final few verses in Ephesians 6, um, 21 to 24. I'll admit, I don't think Paul was trying to make a big theological statement on this, and you know, big teaching session. Um, I just want to pull out a couple of hints to, to help us keep that, that there is more to understand and encounter of God idea. And three simple things. The first one is, is to keep looking and listening for more of God. In, in verse 21, it says, Paul says, I'm sending Tychicus to come and, and share, to teach you more things and to tell you what's happening. Paul understood that his letter was not an extensive, comprehensive uh, book on everything you need to know. What he was trying to do is encourage them to stretch their minds, to say, How, however big God is, is God is bigger. However big the challenges that you face and those, those things that are around you, is God is bigger. You may remember way back in Ephesians 1, how Paul starts his, his whole letter. He reminds us that, that by Jesus' death and resurrection is that we have been secured every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. Through Jesus, God has given us everything. Now we know that, but he reminds us that that's true. Paul then does this incredible unpacking of what that is, and, and it sort of teases and bombards and stretches our, our imagination. He says, because you have been um, chosen, you've been elected, you've been predestined, you've been adopted, you've been given grace, you've been redeemed, you've been forgiven, you've been given wisdom and understanding, you've been given knowledge of the mystery of Christ, is that you have been sealed by the Holy Spirit, and you've been given a deposit um, in your life and an inheritance of what's more to come. Paul is going, there's more, there's more, there's more. I think so often we can find ourselves, or I do, I'm, I'm sure many others do as well, is we, we slot God into our lives. We have our lives and, and we give God a section and it may be a big section or a small section, and, but that's what we do. And, and Paul is encouraging us that it needs to be the other way around. It's not slotting God into our lives, but remembering that, that what we're doing is we are actually entering into God, is we're putting our lives into God. From, from right at the beginning, God had chosen and elected and predestined us to be in his family. And not just on the fringe, but right at the core, to be adopted as daughters and sons of God. Is, there is a more to God to understand, more of God to understand. Whatever you're understanding, there is more. And what Paul says in verse 21 is Tychicus is going to come and, and just teach you more, share more with you. I think it's so important that, that we as followers of Jesus, we continue to, to stop, to listen and look for more of Jesus. It's good to, to link into sermons and to gather when we're free again, to gather on church Sundays, but to, to link into resources, to read books, to find out more about God, those who've studied and, and researched and prayed to say, what can I learn from them? There's real value in small groups because then as a, as a group of followers, as we learn together, we hear from experience, we hear from insights as we grow. As we keep looking and listening, we grow. 
The truth is, as I said a moment ago, I think many of us, we, we get a little bit stuck. We go, well, I know enough or I know a lot. And, and we forget that there's more. You know, if we're very honest, if, if I was to ask you, you know, when was the last time God said something to you? I wonder how far you need to go back. If you've got to go back, you know, months or years, I want to encourage you that there's something much more live that Jesus wants to do. There's more for you to encounter. There's more for me to encounter. Even in our restrictive situation we're in, there's more of God to encounter. So let's keep looking and listening. Paul then continues, besides looking and listening, he said, I also want you to keep encouraging one another. Verse 22, he said, I'm sending Tychicus to, to, um, to teach you more, but also to encourage you. Now, the definition of encourage is to come alongside, to, to bring confidence, to bring support, to bring hope. And, and this is the heart behind Paul's letter. He's not writing to the Ephesians saying, you guys got it all wrong. You got this. You need to sort this out. You need to sort that out. What he's wanting to do is to support and encourage them to to lift their eyes, to lift their spirits, to to lift their game, to say, come on, guys, there's more to encounter. He he says to to, to do everything, to to be united. He said, make every effort to be united. He said to, to take off those old characteristics that aren't of God and put on the characteristics of God. Uh, make sure that you are a follower of God in your, in your work situation, in your home situation, in your marriages, in your parenting, in all those. Put on the full armor of God. See, for when we do these things, when we, we get encouraged and we do those, we then encounter more of God. Uh, many years ago, my, my previous church, uh, when I left, a week before I left, one of the elders uh, pulled me aside and, and he said something quite shocking to me. He said, Mark, we, we deliberately didn't encourage you. And, and I went, uh, pardon? And he went, no, we deliberately didn't encourage you because we didn't want you to get big headed. Uh, and I said, but you need to understand that encouragement isn't about flattery. You know, aren't you good? What encouragement does is it helps you to lean in more. It helps you to, to, to run faster. It helps you to find out more, to dig more. It helps you and encourages you to go keep going. Back in 2012, uh, when Britain had the Olympics, uh, I know many people on the run-up were expecting not a really good show and, and like a London bus and a taxi and that's about it. But what they did was an incredible show. And uh, GB won the most medals it did in any Olympics, 65 medals it, it well, we won. And a big part of that was because when the when the crowd got behind the athlete, when they encouraged, supported, cheered them on, gave them hope, is they achieved more. Encouragement is a powerful thing. We need to, to keep looking and learning, but we need to keep encouraging one another to encourage our leaders, to, to encourage our small group team leaders, to encourage those who serve in big ways and small ways, to encourage that what they're doing is is making a difference, but also to encourage us to lean into God, encourage us to, to pray more, encourage us to worship God, encourage us to, to lean on the promises of God. See, for when we encourage, we see more of God. I, I wonder, who could you encourage today? Like right at the end of this message, who could you text? Who could you give a phone call to? Who could you just encourage? Because I, I want to 
I want to remind you, we all know this, because when we receive encouragement, we, we reach more, we do more. But we are people who can encourage. And when you encourage, you see more of God and others do as well. So we need to keep looking and listening for, for more of God. We need to keep encouraging one another. And lastly, in the last couple of verses, is we need to keep focused on Jesus. Is we need to keep Jesus right at the centre. Uh, a number of years ago, uh, my family went to the theatre and uh, we got there quite early. And I'm not sure what you do when you get early is what we did. We found our seats and then we, we just eavesdropped all the conversations around us. Uh, that may have just been a confession, but that's what we did. Um, a couple behind me really caught my attention because they were, they were saying, well, the musicians, when, when are the musicians going to move? Now, the musicians were playing, just tuning up, but they were going, when are they going to move? And I'm trying to work out what do they mean by move? And they said, well, when are they going to, you know, the show's starting soon. They're going to have to move soon. And the other one said, I don't know. And how are they all going to fit? And I'm going, fit where? And then they go, but then the actors, the actors are going to get in the way. And then it clicked is what they thought is that that little sort of section in front of the big curtain. They thought the musicians were all going to set up on that little set of stage and the actors were going to all work around them. What they didn't realize is that the orchestra pit was where the orchestra went. And the stage, that little section, was not where all the action was going to happen. Is the curtains were going to be pulled back and there was a vast stage with props and lights and all sorts of things that were going to grab their attention. Is they just didn't realize there was more. They didn't realize that they needed to focus on the right thing. Paul, twice in the book of Ephesians, in, in chapter 1 and in chapter, and in chapter 3, he says, my prayer for you is that you may know Jesus more. My prayer is that you may understand the, the depth and, and height and width of the love of Jesus. Because when we have Jesus in that center stage, when we know the power of Jesus, his salvation transforming, his life giving, his joy, when we understand that is we encounter more of that. I think just like the people who are behind me at the theater, I think we can do that in life. I, I, I think we can get distracted, um, like in church, we can get distracted on where's the band gonna go and what's the chair formation and, and what color should that be and are they doing this right and should they put the tables like that? At home, we can find ourselves arguing about, well, who's emptying the dishwasher and should that go there and, and you said this and, and, and all these little things. Now they're important. These things are important because those are the, the things of life. But what we can find ourselves doing is being so distracted by the orchestra in the orchestra pit, is those things on the fringes, we miss center stage. Center stage is Jesus. See, when we put center stage of Jesus and our, our distractions and, and, our, our, and, and our, our hobby horses, when we put Jesus at the center, when we purposely invite him in and say, Jesus, what do you have to say in this situation? Jesus, do, does your words have anything to help me understand this more? Jesus, will you just step in more? When we purposely put Jesus in the center, what happens is then we begin to be people who are part of God's bigger plan. You see, there's more to understand. There's more to understand of God and to encounter of God. Paul wants to, I want to encourage this to you and to me, is to keep looking and listening, to, to keep encouraging each other, to press on and to, to find out more and to keep putting Jesus center stage. For when we do, we will encounter more of God.
I want to know, are you ready? Because if you're ready, go for it. The Bible says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. As we step out, we will encounter more. My prayer is that we might encounter more because there's a lot more of God for us to know. Let me pray. Father, I want to thank you that you are a God who who does not run out. You are a God who is of limitless power, of limitless love, of limitless grace. I thank you, God, that, that Paul reminds us that we've been elected and chosen. We have a deposit within us that there's more to come. Father, I'm sorry when, when I've reduced you down just to a little section, when, when I've just said, oh, I know enough of God and just get on with life. God, I'm sorry for that. But I thank you that your, your word is to encourage us deeper into you, to encourage us to find more of you. And my prayer of that is everyone who's watching here, that we may be people who reach out to you and we encounter more of you. Father, whether we believe our need is big or small, I thank you that it's not about need, it's about relationship. And I pray that we will encounter more of you. Because Jesus, that's why you came. I thank you and I praise you for that. And I look forward to knowing more of you, Jesus, today. Amen. Thank you for for tuning in and listening. I want to encourage you to, to worship, spend some time worshiping God, and also share with others what God has been saying and encourage one another. And let's be expectant for more of God.